0: I don't know if y'all could hear it or not, but Reverend Vicky was getting a little noisy beside me up here. There's a healing. There is a healing. God has come to heal the family. Are you ready for a healing? A healing in your life, a healing in the family? I'll tell you, are you ready to lay those egos aside? Oh my goodness, lay those egos aside. Put away the pride. God is here to heal the family. I mean, are you ready to be healed even if you don't know you need to be healed? You know, because that's the truth for a lot of us. God may be working in our life already for a healing that we don't even know to expect. Because we haven't even seen it within ourselves, the need, and to create that desire to have God's healing. So in this service today, we're going to talk about there's a healing, and what does it mean to be healed? Rather than be fixed or cured, but to know healing. I'm going to put forth to you today that there's a, a difference between these. You know, and Lord God, help me for the ways I need to be healed and I haven't yet seen. Help me, help me for those ways. I remember when healing needed to happen when I was a kid. My mom had her little ritual she did. If I scraped my knee or my elbow or something like that and I went running, crying back to her. She would at first give me a hug and just hold me. And then she would have me. Show her where the boo-boo was. Boo-boo, y'all remember that? The boo-boo was. And then after she inspected the boo-boo, she would wash it with soap and water. And then she got this this orange miracle stuff out called mercuricomb. Y'all remember that sort of stuff? And, and she wouldn't just paint the little area. She'd paint like half my leg. It would just be paint, 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 get that orange stuff all over it. And then I could go show everyone this, this wonderful scar or badge I had of this orange stuff. And um, she just was abundant with her love at that moment in time. Then after that, she would reach in for the all ever important breath. She would just blow on it just a little bit blow on it just a little bit and then she would put that band-aid on it and if we were lucky it got to have cartoon characters on it <laughs> you know so so the the band-aid and was needed to cure the open wound but the breath and the abundant mercuricom was needed so that i would know healing so that i would be connected in the moment of that pain and the moment of that injury to healing love That it would be transformed. Sometimes we get a cure and healing together and sometimes we get one or the other. But I'm thankful today I can remember a mother's love that painted too much of that orange stuff. (laughs) But then I could show my friends what was going on. You know, Jesus was known as a healer. That's what made Jesus popular right out of the gate. In the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Jesus' first gospel of Mark, written the earliest, Jesus heals, 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 just fast, fast, fast. Starts off healing someone that had a spirit within them that needed healing. Then heals Peter's mother-in-law from a fever. Then there's a whole crowd of people that come at night to be healed. And then there's a leper that needs to be healed. This is the start of Jesus's ministry. This is when Jesus was really the most popular. You know, before he really started teaching the hard stuff. And just kept healing people. You know, made him very, very, very popular. He was well known as a healer. And we know him today as a healer too. Sometimes we're a little bit shy about claiming the healing that Jesus offers us. But I don't want to be shy about it. There are many times in my life when I've been healed and there was no way it could have been healed without Jesus doing the work. And then being open to receive it and to even see it. So I want to embrace Jesus as our healer today. There's a writer, Rachel Naomi Remen, who says, kissing the boo-boo doesn't help the pain. It helps the loneliness. It brings healing. In the midst of the pain. One of my favorite movies is the Spitfire Grill. And there's a scene in the movie where a younger person is trying to help an older person who didn't want any help. Okay, so they got up on a chair and they fell over and they had an injury that went deep. And so the younger girl is trying to help the older woman and she's massaging this ointment into her leg. And the woman's just wailing. And the younger woman says, do you think... Do you think there's pain so much if a wound goes deep enough that it hurts as much to heal as it hurt when it happened? Maybe even more that the healing might hurt more. And then we're talking about healing. We're not talking about a simple cure. We're talking about the touch, the healing, the massage, the work at Connection that can bring us more than a cure that can bring us to God that can bring us to each other oh goodness have you seen some curing without healing have you experienced some curing without healing I used to go, go with my grandma to her 12 step meetings Alcoholics Anonymous when I was five, six, seven, eight years old run around I was small enough to keep my head out of the smoke that was everywhere up high <laughs> small enough to do that And I remember one day she said, oh, that's just nothing but a dry drunk. And I didn't know what that was. And so, Grandma, what's a dry drunk? And she said, well, that's someone that's not drinking anymore. So they've had sort of a cure. But their behavior is just as bad as it was before. So they haven't found healing They've had the cure without the healing. Dry, drunk, and I didn't know what that really meant still for years and years after. That, I was just too small. That difference between healing and curing. And what Rachel Evans says is, church, be careful. Church, be careful. You're about healing. Anything else you peddle is snake oil. Did y'all hear that in the reading? Anything else you peddle is snake oil. Quick fixes, pros- Verity preaching all these things that we love and they feel good to us, but are they healing or are they snake oil? Oh, goodness, I've seen healing that comes before curing. I've seen curing that comes before healing. I've seen healing without curing and I've seen curing without healing all the ways right in the scripture, but also right in my life. Another author, Sarah Miles, who wrote Jesus Freak, says this. Jesus shows us how to enter into a way of life in which the broken and sick pieces are held in love and given meaning. In which strangers literally touch each other and in doing so make a community spacious enough for everyone A place in which the broken and sick pieces are held in love and given meaning. Oh, I can be cured and have it make no sense at all. But as a church, can we make meaning? Find healing for people in their spirit. Sometimes that means sitting in the pain with them. Walking through with them, no matter what the results are out of tests or medication or different things that we're trying to be cured. I love it that in First Samuel verse 16, there's a verse where God says to Samuel, how long will you grieve? How long will you grieve over Saul? God goes on to say, I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn. Fill your horn with oil and set out. For there's another What I love about that passage is God isn't saying, stop feeling. Which we've had many times in churches and well meaning people. They are uncomfortable with your grief or your pain or your hurt. And you're in so many ways told to stop feeling. Or at least if not stop feeling, stop telling us about your feeling. So we can feel better. So here God comes to Samuel and God knows that Samuel's grieving. And God says to Samuel, how long will you grieve? Not stop, but that the grieving is healing. And even as you heal and even as you grieve, there is still more that we can do. Your grieving doesn't prevent you from being of service, from being of use. Bring your grieving with you. And perhaps together we will know healing beyond a cure when I was ordained, one of the gifts I got, among others, like stoles and you know crosses to wear, people love to give preachers crosses. You know, sometimes they like to tacky on them too. But you know, Did y'all not get that? Okay, That <laughs> was a joke. But one of the gifts I got was this little bitty clunk. They're still getting it up there. <laughs> this little bitty clunky ring. And I thought, this looks like my little decoder ring I had as a kid, you know. But I would never wear something like this. It's just not pretty enough. It was aluminum and round. And then they showed me what it was. It was a ring for anointing. And so it was a container where the top screwed off of it. And inside was a little piece of cotton and was some oil that had been blessed and that had perfume in it and smelled wonderful. And it was a ring so when you wear it, you could go into the hospital and it wouldn't slip. As you were trying to anoint someone, say prayers with them and bless them. And I wore that and used that ring many, many, many times. I just didn't know what it was to start off with. And truly, it was a decoder ring because it was shifting us in all these places of so much hurt and pain from looking for the cure to saying, okay, let's be with God about healing. Doesn't mean we don't want a cure, but let's be with God about healing and you'd unscrew that in the room and that perfume would just fill it. People could remember church and remember what it meant to be with their community. So God says, Samuel, how long will you grieve? And then Jesus later says, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Not that he just came up and did it, but he asked the paralytic, do you want to be healed? Your friends seem to want you to be healed, but do you want to be healed. And people got angry at Jesus because he said to the person, Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And Jesus said back to them, What's well, easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or stand up, walk, take your mat, go? I find this fascinating because I think Jesus knew the difference between curing and healing. And Jesus was about healing. And so what he did was say to the man, your sins are forgiven. You are in good relationship. You are whole. God loves you. I love you. Your sins are forgiven. Nothing stands between you and me. Your sins are forgiven. It's all been taken away. The crowd didn't want that. And so Jesus says, well, crowd, okay, let's fix him so he can walk. But I want you to hear that Jesus saw the healing as the, your sins are forgiven and then the curing came later thank you jesus for helping me know the difference and to be ready for the healing not only the curing In another scripture in the gospel of john chapter nine verse six jesus has some fun with the mud you know having said some things jesus spit on the ground made mud with the saliva and he anointed the man's eyes with mud Y'all remember this healing story in the Bible? The man first couldn't see right away; things were still cloudy, and it took some time. It wasn't instantaneous, but then ultimately could see again. I wondered if this where the phrase "mud in your eye" came from, and so Reverend Vicky Googled it before service, and and it said it could come from here. <laughs> some healing of putting mud in your eyes that things are a bit cloudy right now, but also it could come from the horse track. When your horse is in front, you kick mud in the eye of the people behind you. But I don't think that's necessarily what Jesus is about. (laughs) But it took some time, some mud, some spit. I don't know about you, but Jesus, please, I like the oil a little bit better. I like the stuff that smells like perfume instead of the stuff that's kind of muddy. And in and through it all, it's all about connection and touch moment in my life when I didn't like massage I didn't want anyone to touch me I was independent in control and I just really didn't care for that stuff I could do it on my own I was in no need of healing anywhere y'all get it then someone gave me a shoulder massage and I was a little bit converted (laughs) then there was a foot massage and I was converted even more then I even went to someone who knew what they were doing and gave me a full back body massage. And in that moment I knew healing it wasn't a cure to anything going on with me but healing connection and touch that made a difference in my life that could be remembered. There are so many ways to heal beyond the cure. Will we hold on beyond the cure so that we can find healing? One of my favorite holiday movies is The Family Stone. And in that movie, there's a scene where the mother who has had breast cancer and had her breast removed is lying in the bed with her husband. And in that time and space, she opens her robe to show her scar of the removal of the breast. And very, very tenderly, the husband reaches over and touches, just places his hand right there on the scar. And then a moment later, in due time, not rushing it, he leans over and places a kiss right on the scar. The curing took the breast away. The healing took a touch and took a kiss. To bring her back into connection with love. That right in the place where there was injury, love could find her. And she could be whole in the midst of that space. Will we go beyond the cure to receive God's healing for us? Rachel Evans, the writer of Searching for Sundays, talks about her path. And she says this. I can't begin to heal until I've acknowledged my pain. And I can't acknowledge my pain until I've kicked my dependence on cynicism. She says cynicism is a powerful anesthetic we use to numb ourselves to pain. By which also by its nature numbs ourselves to joy. If We start numbing our feelings, they continue to numb all of them. She says, cynicism, when we write off people, when we make fun of others, we are numbing ourselves to connection. Cynicism helps us create simple storylines with good guys and bad guys, but it doesn't make us any better at telling the truth. The truth that we are a frightening mix of good and evil, sinner and saint, together so she says, I have to get rid of this barrier, this cynicism, this jadedness that nothing can change. Nothing can be better. All is lost. There's no hope in the world. I have to let it go. I have to stop being cynical in order to allow God to bring me healing. I don't know what in your life today might be, you might be cynical about that keeps you from embracing the love God has for you. I remember a moment in the scripture when Lazarus dies and Jesus isn't there and Jesus shows up late and the two sisters have given up. They blame him in different ways. You know, blame him in different ways. And Jesus, in response, does the healing thing. Jesus goes to the tomb and his response is to weep. You can be anointed with tears. As much as you can be anointed with oil. And they can bring healing. God said, how long will you grieve? Don't stop grieving. So once Jesus is able to anoint the time and space with his own tears, he works life out of death. And raises Lazarus. Will we receive such healing in our life that out of death God can bring something new? Jesus wept. In the church we have this sacrament called extreme unction. Not all churches practice this practice this, but it's the moment near someone's death when you go into ICU or into their home or they're taking hospice and you anoint them with oil. And you say the prayers of God's healing over them. And you pray with them because you know sometimes death is a cure. You know, sometimes death is a cure, but you know even bigger than that, that resurrection is the healing. So while death may be the cure, resurrection is the healing, and you anoint and remind them of God's love, even at this moment, connection, even at this moment, love, even at this moment, healing. Rachel Evans says it this way, even in death, the seal of the Holy Spirit is more permanent than the grave, We anoint not to cure, but to heal. We anoint to soothe, to dignify, and even in our suffering, to remember the scent of God. Jesus said, even if the gates of hell will not prevail. Rachel goes on to say, we might as well trust him. Since he knows a thing or two about the way of the grave, we might as well trust him. So whether it's mercuric or spit or oil or mud or tears, will you be open to being healed? God comes to us this day and says, how long will you grieve? Will you grieve into healing? Do you want to be healed, Jesus asks. Will you choose healing beyond a cure? Amen.